make sure that you are looking at yourself at least once a year. I always say, you know, the first of the year, everyone's trying to trying to make sure they start off all polished and fresh. Um, make sure that your LinkedIn profile is in great shape. Make sure that uh, you know you're nurturing your network. That's a big thing. Not just growing, building your network. Nurture it. Welcome to the Executive Leadership Podcast. On today's episode. We're going to be talking to an aviation industry executive, Jenny Showalter. She is the founder and chief motivational officer of Showalter Business Aviation Career Coaching. And she's had over 25 years of business aviation experience, and she's very passionate about helping industry professionals elevate their careers. So what Jenny specializes in is one-on-one coaching, resume writing, interview preparation, and LinkedIn presence. Jenny's aviation experience stems from working as a third generation in her family's former FBO, also known as fixed space operator, which is a private jet terminal, Showalter Flying Service. She also has experience leading regional business aviation associations in Florida and through client and candidate interactions as a business aviation recruiter. Currently, she serves as a board secretary for the Central Florida Business Aviation Association and as a member of the National Business Aviation Association Local and Regional Groups Committee. So really hope you enjoy this discussion that we had with Jenny. She has a vast amount of experience in the business aviation world and hope that whichever industry that you're in, you're able to take on some of these lessons learned about coaching, resume writing, interview preparation, and LinkedIn presence. Well, thank you so much, Jenny, for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for taking out the time. Uh, Thank you, Cameron and Travis. It's great to be with you today. Yeah. uh, Jenny, tell us a little bit uh, about yourself to to our audience. Sure. Well, I have an interesting uh, aviation background, I would say, in that I was born into a family that had an FBO here in Orlando, Florida, and it was founded by my grandfather, his brother, and a cousin of theirs back in 1945. And I ended up working in the business as a third generation with my parents as my boss, <laughs> bosses during that time. And I worked there for 20 years um, on, the, on the front ramp and handling customer service and getting to, to work with wonderful aviation professionals. I, I said the best part about being in the FBO world was that every day was different and I never knew who was going to walk through my door on any given day. And some of my strongest relationships I have professionally and personally still come from the days of of the FBO. But I worked there for 20 years before we sold it in 2015. And I did some work with a statewide regional group here in Florida, Florida Aviation Business Association, for a period of time as their executive director. And then moved on to a boutique Part 91 recruiting firm right here in business aviation and helped first with the candidate side of the business, getting to know um, all the ins and outs of of what people in the industry were wanting and needing at any given time. And then working with clients directly, trying to to match the two and see if we could get some placements together. And it was a lot of fun and very cool to be able to impact their lives in that way. Uh, you know, you're changing truly the trajectory of families when you made those placements. So it was a, something I never took lightly and always enjoyed doing. Um, but then 
because of the pandemic, um, that role sort of shifted. And I found myself teaching outplacement. And outplacement is when there is a layoff or a reduction of force or a closure. And I was the one tasked to come in and tell everybody who was just laid off that it's going to be okay in the middle of a pandemic. And you're going to find another job. And even though I think that, you know, they didn't necessarily feel that going in, my job as their outplacement specialist working with them was to teach them a ton of class um, and gave them information that way. And then I worked individually one-on-one -on -one with them, doing coaching, um, working through some of the emotions, talking about goals or desires that they had and new, new employment. I wrote resumes. I helped them with LinkedIn and I did interview prep all the way up to and including for some of them being with them until they accepted a job offer. So that was really powerful and impactful for me. And I loved those one-on-one -on -one connections. And when I was laid off because of the pandemic, then uh, my husband, who's a global 6,000 pilot, and I decided we were wanting to try something on our own. And with his support, I launched Showalter Business Aviation Career Coaching. And I did that in March of 2022. And I have used this platform now to take a lot of the components of outplacement and that individual work with um, professionals in our industry to help them, you know, conquer career challenges or uh, work through something that they that they need or even look for new new employment. So that's what I do now. And, and that full circle moment for me kind of that connected all the dots was outplacement because it took me from my FBO roots through the recruiting that I had done and the industry involvement and brought me right back to the individual. You know, that's, it's very interesting how you, how your, uh, your careers come together from the very beginning and just uh, how you've been able to kind of touch all the different aspects of it. So as a recruiter, as a, as someone who's trying to help someone get into the aviation world or step up in the aviation world, you can really speak to it firsthand. So I'm curious, based on, you know, what you what you've observed, all the interactions you've had, what are some of the trends that we can that you've started to see? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I would tell you probably the most significant trend I have, am seeing and it has has been going on for some time, but I'm, I'm feeling it personally through my interactions with clients sort of reaching a bit of a frenzy is the FOMO, fear of missing out. Am I, if I don't make a move right now, am I going to miss something? Hmm. And we have the pilot shortage, you know, that we get bombarded with all the time. Uh, we have airline uh, new agreements that they have and pay raises that are incredible. And people in our industry watch this, hear this, absorb this, talk about this. And they think, if I don't make a move now, and is it going to be too late? Am I going to miss my window? And especially those pilots, who, you know, they are always looking for that, you know, to that 65 right now age, age requirement and saying, you know, well, how long do I have to work and how do I maximize my potential in that? Um, but I want to be clear and say that my argument has been that there is not just a, a, a pilot shortage or a maintenance shortage, which we all know about, but it's, a, mm -hmm. it's an aviation talent shortage in general. So I think it encompasses all roles. Uh, you know, I grew up in the AV, in the FBO world, and FBOs are are struggling for line service technicians and and customer service representatives, and um, so it it is it is from the 
you know, entry level positions in our industry, all the way up to leadership roles that this this kind of um, unsettledness, this is looking for something else, looking for something better that's that's happening right now. And I was uh, at a meeting the other day where I was um, sharing some of similar information. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm writing a lot of resumes right now. That seems to be my service that is really in high demand. And an interesting fact is that everybody that I am writing a resume for right now has a job. So these are all people mm. who are employed, but are going to go out and are going to look for something else. And um, many reasons for that. Some people fear that their companies aren't being proactive enough or aren't working hard enough to retain the talent they have. Um, some people, especially again in the pilot realm, can't get training slots. If you've got a, a desirable, highly desirable type rating and you're currently trained on it, you can take that and you can go someplace for somebody who needs it but can't get training for a year in some instances. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just incredible what's going on in the industry. And so um, I, I, I would say we're worried about missing out and we're feeling somewhat unsettled in our current roles. Mm, that's That's really interesting to see kind of how the industry is is going is really on that shortage of of talent in the industry. Um, what would you say is one thing that one piece of advice that you would give to anyone as they move forward in in the industry? Uh, you know, it's it's hard to boil it down to one piece of advice. I mean, Truly, and I know you you try to reach a lot of, of younger people that are trying to enter into the industry or become leaders in the future. And, you know, truly my one piece of advice for folks in this industry is um, it's a small industry. For a big industry, it's a very small industry. So always make sure that you're being a professional. When you go to conferences, conventions, when you're meeting with people in your local areas, always be a professional because, um, word travels and people have long memories in this industry mm. and uh, and don't don't let some misstep ruin your future in this industry and i think it's like that everywhere but i just know in my career that um, it's always been amazing how how many people know each other and if i don't know you you know somebody who knows me and and um and I think that that's, that's my best advice always is to be your best professional self because you never know who's watching. Yeah, that's so true. And this was exactly what we were talking about. Um, uh, as we were preparing for this podcast is preparation. Uh, prep, preparation is something that you mentioned is, is very important as a professional in general. Uh, and of, of course, in the, in, in the industry that we're in. So can you expand on this a little bit? And what does it mean to be prepared as a professional? Sure. So for me, a prepared professional, it, it, look, it looks different depending upon where you are in your career and what you're up against. But let me start by saying um, that without placement, as we talked about in, in my current role as, as a business aviation career coach, I have had too many people come to me that are in a moment of desperation mm -hmm. because something happened in their career. I call it forced change and forced change can look different for different people. It could be the pandemic and layoffs. It could be, um, you know, my boss sold an airplane. It could be any number of things that happened, but 
people who aren't prepared for forced change. And um, I'm not saying that you should spend every day worried about, you know, what if something happens? No, but make sure that you are looking at yourself at least once a year. I always say, you know, the first of the year, everyone's trying to trying to make sure they start off all polished and fresh. Um, make sure that your LinkedIn profile's in great shape. Make sure that, uh, you know, you're nurturing your network. That's a big thing, not just growing, building your network, nurture it. Make sure that you have a, a, a network of folks, and it doesn't have to be a lot, but a network of folks who, if something were to happen, those people are gonna have your back. They're gonna be able to go to their networks and say that, you know, I know this person and, and they need help right now. Um, it's keeping your resume up to date. And when I say that, and I've, I've done some, uh, some speeches for some employers on this, and I'm very clear to say, you know, it, it could be if someone is laid off or needs to make a career move or change, but it can also be if you are looking for an internal promotion in your current business, mm -hmm. uh, because we forget what we've done. We move, so, we move forward so fast that we forget all that we've achieved and accomplished. And so if you go in that once a year and you just put some notes in your resume about some things that you did this past year, whether it was a professional development, a training, a new role or responsibility that you were given, metrics are great to put in a resume and people forget those over time. They're like, gosh, was it, did I grow it by 15% or was that 25? I don't remember. So make sure that you're you're taking just that little bit of time for yourself to be prepared uh, for whatever may come. And hopefully you don't need it. But for those that have come to me in a moment of need, I can tell you that that panic and uh, worry, it's not worth it. So be prepared. Wow, that's that's excellent. That's excellent advice. You know, one of my mentors once told me, he's, he said that, you know, you should always have at least like the next three steps always in worked out in your mind. If something was to happen today with your job, these are the first three contacts you're going to make, yep. you know, whether that's somebody else in the industry, whether that's calling, calling you or whatever you have in your mind, the next three steps, you have an action plan because we don't know with, especially as volatile as the economy is and, you know, different things changing. I mean, just, just in the airline industry, look how many air, aircraft have been phased out since the, uh, since COVID, you know, for some of the bigger airlines and, you know, there's, these people are having to recertify on new equipment and all those things. And if you weren't prepared for that, then you were, you were either retiring or having to step away for an extended amount of time to recertify, uh, potentially costing yourself a lot of money and a lot of downtime. Um, so that's very valuable information. And, some, and then I think that's something that I think we all struggle with, especially if we're comfortable where we are. Well, you know, I mean, I struggle with it too. I, I joke with people when I got laid off, um, I decided it was going to be easier to write other people's resumes than actually write my own. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of how I got into this, into this line of work, I suppose. Um, but I think the important thing is if you are in a situation where you do have forced change or something that you weren't anticipating happen, um, I think you're exactly right, Travis. Use your resources and know, know where they are. And I had someone, uh, an industry friend the other day come to me and um, not only is he experiencing a life change uh, right now, but he's also looking for a career change. 
And he said, I just, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. So I just don't. And I said, well, but wait, <laughs> I said, that's why you have me. That's why I'm here. I'm, I'm your resource for that. And, and I'll do the heavy lifting on the front end of it so that you can do the heavy lifting on the back end. But, but let me share in that load right now. And um, whether it's that you need a career coach or a friend or an industry acquaintance or connection, I, you know, it doesn't matter. But just having that ready and being prepared with that, um, as you said, Travis, I love it. I love it. It's, it's the best way. Don't, don't, don't give yourself that moment of panic. Yeah, I found that, uh, you know, as I do a lot of more of the like executive coaching and more helping with business owners, I find that uh, being a neutral party who can have open conversation with you, who's not attached to the any organization, is, is, is very valuable. And I imagine it's very valuable in your case. People can t speak openly, whether they're looking to maybe change a job or or do something different, you're not attached to any entity or organization. So those conversations can be confidential and they can be in depth. And it's hard to find people who have the knowledge, who's yeah. also also has the, that you know, you can also get the, the confidentiality with as well. Oh man, you nailed it. Um, in fact, one of the, probably one of the biggest uh, comments I get back from the people that I've worked with. And I always try to ask somebody as we're wrapping up a project or wrapping up our time together, you know, what feedback do you have for me? Because I only get better if I, if I listen to you and your feedback. And one of the biggest things that I'm told is that you're a sounding board in a place where I don't have one. And you're, you're it's the industry knowledge. It's the, um, it's the uh, experience, the connections, it's the confidentiality. Uh, and I think, again, it's just letting somebody know you're not alone in this. Mm -hmm. And I've I've encountered so many people in this industry mm -hmm. that don't have a good outlet for things. They don't have a great place to share. And and I, I tell people, you know, you can't talk to the guy flying next to you about all these things completely honestly. And sometimes that's your boss that's in the seat next to you mm -hmm. while you're flying. And while spouses and partners are well-meaning in all of this, if they're not part of the industry, they, they don't have the full picture and they can't understand. And they always have um, a bit of their own motivation at play also. They, they're worried about how are we going to pay the bills? Are we going to have to move? You know, what, what is life going to look like if, if whatever you're talking about ha happening happens? Uh, so to have somebody that you can safely share with I think is is really invaluable, and I think that it's something that again my my clients really um, really value in in talking with me. But um, it doesn't have to be a paid service. I, you know, obviously I do that for a living. But you know, find somebody who you can have those open, honest conversations with, and and it helps. It really helps, even if it's brief. You know, I'm I'm curious because of the your 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 depth of knowledge. What would be, I mean, without giving away the kitchen sink, what's one thing you see in resume writing that you're just like, it, this is yeah, a freebie of like, just stop doing this. What would it be? <laughs> I mean, well, objectives should totally go away. An objective is useless because duh, you want a job. We know that. And, <laughs> and unfortunately I've seen it happen more than once where somebody for like, they put in an objective 
that's custom to each job that they're applying for and they forget to change the name. And so that's always, I mean, that'll get you thrown out of the running instantly. So um, objectives should go away. Um, so here's my here's my little my little tidbit for you. Um, there's really a strategy behind resumes. They they really should be constructed in a specific way, and I call it um, I call it resume real estate. And that top third of the first page of a resume, I call it the penthouse. It is the most valuable, highest price, mm -hmm. best view that you can possibly find in a resume. And that's where you want to pack in your keywords and your contact information and the things that make you special and unique. And uh, so do that with a professional summary or some other way, listing of skills, something like that, but throw out that objective because it's not going to do you any good and it could trip you up. There you go. And along those same lines, you talk about LinkedIn. You know, what are the kind of, what are, what are, how have you seen people using LinkedIn? Do you feel like people use it correctly most of the time? Uh, what's your feedback there? I feel like um, it's a mixed bag. Uh, there are some people that do a great job and then there are some that, that don't have the confidence to use it. And, and one of the things that I find happens a lot is people say, well, I don't like social media. I don't have a Facebook. I don't do Instagram. I don't do Twitter. I don't like social media. So I don't, I don't really do my, I don't really pay attention to my LinkedIn much. Well, I would argue that LinkedIn really isn't social media. It is really your professional connections that you have out there. And especially during the pandemic, we learned that, you know, when we couldn't connect in person, you had to figure out a way to connect virtually. And LinkedIn was the, really the only way that, for free that you could go and you could connect with other professionals if you weren't in some, you know, Zoom meeting or on a webinar. And so I think there's a lot of value in, in LinkedIn and I wish people would look at it instead of as, well, it's social media. No, it's my professional network. And the biggest mistake that I see on LinkedIn profiles is that people use it as an advertisement for the company that they work for. It's your page, it's your personal profile. Now I'm an exception because I own a business. So, and my family's been in the industry. So if you go to my profile, please do Jenny Showalter, you'll see a picture that is an old picture of um, our FBO back in, I don't know, probably the 1960s or 70s. And I used it because my, my theme is that I'm a third generation business aviation professional. That was the theme that I picked for my LinkedIn profile. But <clears throat> don't advertise the company that you work for unless you own it, because um, what happens if you don't work for them anymore? <laughs> what happened? You know, what there are so many pitfalls that could come from that, but you're missing the opportunity to really create a profile that works for you as a professional and you take that with you everywhere you go. I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned earlier, Jenny, on networking. And I think this one is uh, another key element, um, especially with the business aviation industry. It's small, it's big, but also very, very small. Um, you mentioned nurturing your network and how does one nurture their network? Because I think there's different avenues, there's different ways to do this. And how do we do that? How do we nurture our network that we have? Sure. Well, I mean, Cameron, the first, the first thing, a rule of nurturing your network really is to don't wait until you need them because everybody gets that little spidey sense that, man, you know, he only calls when he needs something. I don't know why. Um, so invest in your network 
Um, it doesn't have to be every day, but but often. And and I'm in a unique place because um, for me, because I got involved in the industry from the get-go when I started out in 1996, um, I went to schedulers and dispatchers and asked if I could volunteer. And they said, sure. And I found myself on the committee and I chaired it back in 2008, my goodness. And um, and because of that experience, I have literally gotten my best friends in the entire planet from schedulers and dispatchers and they stay with me. So I nurture my network literally every day because my best girlfriends and I are talking or Marco Poloing or texting every single day. It doesn't have to look like that, but those people that you are closest to, um, you know, LinkedIn does a good job in first, second, third level connections. So, you know, if you've got the first next to somebody's name, it's somebody who works in your industry, you share a lot of connections, um, it would make sense for you to either know each other or be connected. LinkedIn does the second level, which is, you know, maybe they work in your industry, but you don't have a lot of people in common and, you know, maybe, yeah, okay, sure, you guys can be connected. And third level is like my neighbor, the realtor. You know, I know them, but are we professionally connected? Not really. So I, I think it's taking that first level of connections that you have, those people that you can call, those people that you can text when you need something and they'll do the same. Those are the ones that you need to nurture the most. And everybody knows the ones who, they know everybody. Oh, she knows everyone. Oh, he knows everyone. Those are great people to nurture too. So as we, as let's kind of change gears a little bit, as we kind of talked about it from the perspective of the employee or the person seeking employment, obviously you sitting on that side of the table, you've probably learned a lot about the recruiting aspects of things as well. And, you know, offline before we, we hit record, we, we talked a lot in depth about how the aviation industry specifically has struggled in recent years in the recruiting area. And with it growing in massive leaps and bounds, even the private aviation is, is growing, the FBO industry is growing, commercial okay. continues to expand. Um, what, are, what, what shifts, what different things need to start happening to recruit successfully and bringing people into the aviation industry as a whole? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I'll start by by saying that um, the workforce shortage that we have and or the aviation talent shortage, as, as I like to call it, that is not something that was created overnight. And it will not be fixed overnight, in my opinion. Um, we know that it takes a long time to gain skills and train somebody to be effective in their roles in this industry, especially when some of the highly skilled roles. Uh, and, and that's not something you can snap your fingers and make happen. So I think all of us probably, um, you know, you, you can share with me if you want, um, had a mentor in this industry. And I had several and I worked for my parents. So I guess technically my parents were were some of my mentors, um, but but I had others as well. And I think that having somebody who was willing to invest in me when I was young has made me more likely to invest in others. And it may look different from for everybody out there, that mentor-mentee type of relationship. But I think 
I think the older people in the industry, the more experienced people in the industry really need to take a look at that. And one of the things that that I'm blessed with is that I'm really involved. I was one of the founders of the Central Florida Business Aviation Association. And we have decided here in Central Florida that one of our missions is workforce. That's one of the things that we want to do. But we have Embry-Riddle nearby. We have several other uh, universities that that have flight training and aviation track careers. We also have some high schools in our area that have um, aviation as, as an option. In fact, my, my oldest son, who graduated from high school in May, he left high school with his drone operator certificate. So uh, very cool things that are happening right now. And Central Florida Business Aviation Association has decided that we are going to host Business Aviation Day annually. And it's an event held over in Daytona Beach, right across the ramp from, from Embry-Riddle. But we invite all of these other area universities and high schools. We have a small static display. We have industry speakers. We have booths set up with vendors who have signs on their booth that say, you know, now hiring, looking for interns, $10,000 sign-on bonus. And we go in and we spend that day together. And our goal is to introduce somebody to business aviation who might not have already known about it. And it's amazing how many of these kids, I say kids, because, you know, <laughs> I guess I have one that age, um, but they they have been studying aviation in some cases for three or four or more years, and they don't know about business aviation. So I think it's incumbent upon our industry and the experienced professionals in it to reach down. And, and I think it's going to be into that, you know, certainly university, high school, maybe even maybe even that middle school age to try to try to make an impact on these kids and make them remember someday when somebody says, what do, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they say, oh man, I saw this cool, this cool airplane, or I met this great person, or I'm still connected with this person that I met in this industry. And I want to be a part of it because we all who work in it know that it's like the greatest industry on the planet. And we have to share that. Yeah, that, that's so interesting to hear insights on recruiting. I also want to hear insights, though, on I think recruiting is one thing, but then retaining is another thing. Um, what what would your insights be on retaining talent in the industry? Yeah, so that um, I was at a CFBA meeting last Friday and it was a, a chief or a, the uh, president's roundtable. And we had flight departments from Central Florida that were there, and, and I went to kind of observe and, and share a little bit. But when they went around the room and asked, what am, what am I seeing now? I mentioned, obviously, the FOMO, fear of missing out. Maybe maybe I need to make a move. And I said, don't, don't think that you know what your people are thinking, because you really don't. And you need to be having those open, honest relationships with the people that are in your departments, especially if you're a leader, because they could be thinking one thing and you think they're thinking a totally mm -hmm. opposite thing. Uh, one of the flight departments that was in attendance said that they actually had just moved from an annual review process to a twice annual review process. <laughs> so they're, they're meeting now twice a year with all of their employees. It's a, a good sized flight department twice a year with all of their employees because things are just moving too quickly and they need to need to get a handle on it. So I think it's having those open, honest relate, relationships and conversations with people. And I think 
Um, I think self-awareness really plays into it as well. Um, at the NBA, uh, they did a webinar last week, a leadership webinar, and self-awareness was brought up. And I think leaders really need to make sure that they are self-aware, but, but how do you measure that? How do you look at that? Because you may think you're self-aware, but you may be perceived in an entirely different way than you think you are. So I think it's asking for that feedback, just like I ask my clients, you know, how am I doing? What can I do better? I think that's a, a big key to um, being a better leader and then having those relationships with people where you know what's going on with them is going to help us in retention. But they also want to know that you're going to bat for them and that you're going up the food chain to corporate and you're saying, look, these are the things that I'm hearing. These are the things that I'm seeing. This is where compensation is going. This is where quality of life is. Those are the two big ones always, quality of life and compensation, and that you're stating their case and that you're fighting for what they want. Um, and, you know, the happiest employees out there are the ones that feel like they're being heard. Um, mm -hmm. My mom gave me her, her one piece of advice to me when I was younger and starting in the industry was listen, that simple, listen with an exclamation point. I had it on a post-it note on my desk for years. That's, that's what they want to make sure that they're being heard. So before we're we're gonna go into a little bit of a rapid fire, we have a few questions. Um, <laughs> how how can uh, people connect with you and also uh, with the work that that you're doing today? Easy. Uh, my last name. Go to showwalter.com and at showwalter.com, it will kind of walk you through all of my services, a little background on me, and um, I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn, so that's a great way to catch me uh, there as well. Well, excellent. So as Cameron said, we like to go through a little bit of like a lightning round of just two or three questions that just so we can get to know our, uh, our the people that come on a little bit better. So the first question is dead or alive, who would you like to have lunch with? Oh, well, I mean, unfortunately, she's dead, but my grandmother, who was my favorite person on the planet, and that may sound cliche, um, but my my mom's mom, my maternal grandmother, uh, she was very present in my life um, until she passed away when I was um, in my 20s. And she's missed seeing my kids, meeting my mm -hmm. husband. Um, and if there was anybody I could I could have a meal with, it would be her because I would want to share with her how my life has unfolded. Mm, very, very interesting. Uh, any bucket list items you'd want to share? Oh yeah, travel, travel. <laughs> like I want to go everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, my husband has been to over, uh, well, well over ninety countries. I think he's, I think he's closing in on the hundred mark. And um, he's, he says that he goes and he um, picks out the places that we'll go back to one day. But um, I've, I've done quite a bit of traveling in Europe. But uh, he said Israel is one that has to be extremely high on our list um, because it was just an amazing experience for him. So we'll say Israel. Okay. And then the last one's more of a, more of a kind of just a surrounding the industry is what, what are you reading right now? You know, are you, is there specific <laughs> books you read? Is there specific uh, journals maybe you subscribe to? What are you reading? Well, most of what I'm reading right now is just um, career focused because the space moves so quickly. 
So I read a lot on career coaching and on resume best practices, um, nothing in particular, but I, I catch a lot of articles and have a lot that comes to my inbox. Um, so I try to make sure that I'm staying um, at the cutting edge because with AI and applicant tracking systems, looking at all the resumes that get uploaded into portals all over corporate America, um, I want to make sure that my clients are getting um, noticed and seen out there. As we kind of wrap up, any final thoughts that you'd want to share with our with our audience? I I think that you know if if you're looking to enter the industry or grow in the industry or be a leader, um, I think it's just important to remember that you're always putting your best professional fit foot forward, and that you're you're building and strengthening your network all along, because I think those are the two things that'll will get you the farthest. Um, it is who you know. I'm, I'm going to tell you that. It is who you know. That is how you move through life. And so develop those relationships. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we hope to get to catch you again in the future. Oh, thank you both so much. And it was a pleasure being here. Well, we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode with Jenny Showalter and hope that wherever you're at, whichever industry you're in and whichever level you're at in your organization, that this truly helps you in your leadership wherever you're at, whether you're at the senior leadership role or you're truly an inspiring executive. Uh, we hope that this podcast is truly adding value to you wherever you're at. And um, also feel free to check out some of our previous podcast episodes. We had some amazing guests since launching this new podcast. And if you have not checked out our, our main primary podcast, the Leadership Download Podcast, feel free to look into that. That's about a few years in and uh, plenty of episodes and content out there for you to uh, listen to wherever you're at on the road, working out, wherever you have some time to, to listen. And um, really hope you're able to connect with us. Check out our website, tcadvisorygroup.com, tcadvisorygroup.com, where you can check out some of the services and offerings that we have in the areas of leadership. Whether you're an individual, you're looking for support for your team, your department, or your organization. So feel free to check us out, tcadvisorygroup.com. Connect with us on social media. All our platforms are there on the website. And uh, really hope that we added value to you today. Thank you again for all your support. Feel free to give us a rating on whichever platform that you may be listening to us. And also subscribe so that you get the notification when the next podcast goes live. Thank you again and enjoy the rest of your day.